feeling fine. Here we go now. Yes, 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 here we go. Recording another episode. <laughs> no, that wasn't great. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. We are millennials. That's why we just started with a Backstreet Boys song. Um, if you are not, I apologize. If you are, you know you were dancing. You okay? already know. You're you going to have that song know. stuck in your head all day. <laughs> all day. All right. Well, this is For the Love of Two Hippies. And we are here to bring a topic that kind of came up in a couple spaces and then we felt like it was relevant for, I don't know, you guys to, for us to talk about. So the topic is codependency. Mm-hmm. So for me, I think I have my own definition of codependency, but I don't know if that's the real definition of codependency. Yeah, but you to be honest, I mean? when I looked at this, I didn't, I did not think this was the definition of codependency. However, reading it, I 100% guarantee that I exhibit all of these things, all of them. So this topic, this topic came up because one of my friends, Alex, she shared something and Alex doesn't share something unless it's like uber important (laughs) or like very truthful. Is Alex a Capricorn? No, she's not. (laughs) Oh, okay. Scorpio. Oh, (laughs) yeah. So uh, I thought it would just be fun for us to talk about since we haven't really had a topic that's kind of come up in the middle of us doing stuff. And this is kind of like our intention or our intuition leading us to talk about this topic. And interestingly enough, in our chakra class, we've been talking about a few things and kind of just getting to know each other, which is really awesome. And we have a cool little group and we're still obviously accepting people because it's, you can go at your own pace, but this is like intro week. And when we were talking about codependent, I remember that my mom gave me a book that says codependent, no more, how to stop controlling others and start caring for yourself. And that seemed relevant to, um, what the ladies and us were talking about in the group, because we're all very empathic and we all are in roles where we have to help and, and lead and control people in kind of like just for survival, not in like a mean way, but we also lack self-care in that aspect too. So mm-hmm. we, I thought this would be a really good topic um, for us to dive into. So hopefully it helps you guys out too. What's our affirmation today, Katie? Okay. So our affirmation today is I am the co-creator of my life. I am fully involved in co-creating my life in an exciting, joyous and harmonious way. Nice. So let's just jump into really quickly before we get into the questions, because I want to ask Sarah some questions. She's going to kind of, well, I'll answer them to a little bit and then um, we'll jump into it a little bit more. But codependency is the chronic neglect of the self in order to be loved or chosen by another person. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Shots fired. Mm-hmm. And... I, Let's read that one more time for my brain, my ADD brain to process that. Codependency is the chronic neglect of the self in order to be loved or chosen by another person. So you put other people's wants and needs first because you want them to appreciate and love you. And you put yourself on the back burner. At the expense of your own peace. At the expense of your own peace. Hmm. And at the expense of your like of your own self. I mean, it's it's like a whole 
So here's some questions. It's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. So here's some questions. I want you all <clears throat> that are listening to this, I want you to answer them for yourself. You don't have to share uh, if you so don't want I'll pause. to. I'll pause before we answer. Yeah. Uh, do you keep quiet to avoid arguments? <laughs> She's giggling right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The answer is 100% yes. That yeah. damn throat chakra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, are you always worried about others' opinions of you? Yes, but I'd like to say no. But I am. Like, initially, I'm pretty confident. And then the longer I set on it, the more insecure I get, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I know some people I know some people are the opposite where they won't go into a situation or they won't go somewhere or they won't do something because of the fear initially, but I'm the opposite. So like when I'm in my house or like I'll get ready and wear whatever I want and then once I step outside I'm like, "Wait. Does this look okay?" <laughs> like it looks okay <laughs> to me. But then it's like, no, actually, that doesn't look okay. Or it's like, well, who cares, whatever. But um, I'm like that with groups of people, too. Like, because I like to be the person in a group that can kind of be the, like, the clown a little bit. Mm -hmm. So people will laugh at me or, like, I'm the one that's making it that everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like, what is she doing? And then they'll talk to each other. And then the group, like, the tension will decrease like if you want to have fun at a wedding invite me to your wedding because i'm like the best at getting people on the dance floor Mm -hmm. because i'll be the weird one doing the weird stuff and then they're like well i'm not going to be as weird as her so i might as well go out and that's like that stuff doesn't bother me in that aspect because i know everyone's in that weird awkward situation Mm -hmm. but then later on i'll be like wait what do they think of me or you know i don't know if that's the same question but uh mine's definitely reversed I will fear will paralyze me to the point of I won't do it because I'm terrified of what they're going to think about me. I'm terrified of what they're going to say about me. I went to a family function when I was part of this company where I was um, selling uh, supplements and I absolutely still believe in the supplements. I don't take them anymore just because I feel like where I'm at in my life, I don't really need them. I take my take a different set of supplements now, but Um, I went to a family function and they were in another room and they didn't know that I was there, but they were literally making fun of me for the things that I had posted online. And, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like, it it stung real bad, you know, because I was like, well, you know, I understand if you don't want to buy it, like that's totally your choice. Don't be a dick. Right. Uh, so, and, and obviously it was years ago. Like is in like three or four years ago and it still hurts and it still has stuck with me. Right. So So, this is a similar situation with since we are both selling like a networking product. I'm super cool up to that point, but I will look back at when I used to sell Mary Kay and I will look back at those parties and I'm like, what were they thinking about me? Like that Mm -hmm. was so weird. Like, why did I do that? But in the moment I was so confident. Yeah. And so that's kind of, that's so funny how we're like opposite with that, which mm-hmm. obviously if people are like talking shit in another room, obviously that's kind of a different situation. But and but to be yeah. fair, it was more of a reflection on them than it was on me. And I know that. But still, at the time, it's like, <laughs> ow, <laughs> that hurt real bad. Uh, OK, so it just started like, like, oh, oh, no, shots fired, guys. Well, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling all those shots. That you guys are talking shit in the other room. <laughs> I <Jeez>. know. <laughs> 
<laughs> and here, you know, so I am a super protective person. So if I heard somebody talking shit on you, like I would have gone into the other room and been like, y'all need to shut up. And I know you're the same way. Like, that's why you're like right now, you're like, hey, why are you talking like that? And so, you know, anyway, um, do you doubt your ability to be who you want to be? This is kind of probably among the same lines, but I. I would say yes. And it's a, a little more comfortable for me now but in the past I just didn't know who Sarah was mm -hmm. so how can I be right confident in who I am if I don't know my identity mm -hmm. or I don't know what I stand for or mm -hmm. I don't know because I, I realized last year what year are we in now good night um I realized in 2020 that I didn't have a set of morals or values that I stood by mm -hmm. I just kind of assessed each situation as it came up. And I said, nah, yes, no, whatever. But there was nothing that I stood by. And yeah. so I was like, that's kind of like really wishy-washy as a person. <laughs> and so I've been trying to formulate like what I stand for, why I stand for it and help build my values and morals from there mm -hmm. and who I am as a person and, and why I believe those things and how that impacts me personally. And that's literally like I'm still doing that mm -hmm. because I feel like every three to six months, like I'm changing still. And I feel right. like that'll happen for quite a long time. And especially to, in the spiritual awakening process. Yeah, exactly. And just trying to stay true to who I am, stay true to who my business is, stay true to this business, and then also allow myself to be financially successful. And, and it's so funny, like I, I'm way off today, but whatever. Um, it's so funny when I do stuff for my business, it's like holiday themed or um, sporting event themed or whatever, just things that are just random that I'm trying to like be trend, things that are trendy. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to like be trendy with them and they never sell. Right. And it's like the universe, like slapping me in the face, like, <laughs> uh, listen here, woman, like, this isn't who you are. This isn't what your business stands for. Stop trying to fit in and stop trying to be other, be other groups or stop trying to be other people. Like you are who you are, create these things from the heart or we're not going to sell it. And it's just like, geez, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. Uh, I, that's definitely, I 100% doubt my ability. All the I time. Was like, what is the question? All the time. But 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 once again, that leads back to me when that stuff doesn't sell. Like, why didn't that sell? And then it's like, well, should I just not even have this company anyway? And it's like, well, if you stay true to who you are, those those things do sell. Right. People find you when you're being true to yourself. And so if I stick with, if I'm confident with who I am and stick with that person and live that life, then it it it, it rewards me later on. Mm -hmm. Uh, here's a throat chakra question. Are you uncomfortable expressing your true feelings to others? Man, I got all the stories. <laughs> <laughs> this is Sarah's story time. Let's just call this episode Sarah's, Sarah's story time. So this is short. I'll make it short. So I'm in a coaching class, 2020, March of 2020. And we were expressing the question literally was, no, I don't remember. But the question was like, <laughs> talk about how you felt on this subject or whatever. It was your life story. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. It was um, it was a coaching class with um, Whitney Sauce. And it was 
um, stepping into your leadership or stepping into your empowerment, but it actually morphed into all of us were releasing our fears that we didn't know, which was really weird, but it was cool. And the question was, or talk about your life story. And it was getting late. It was like past the two hour mark for the coaching class. And I just kept like letting people go in front of me. And then when it was my turn, I was like, no, no, no. Like, don't worry about it. I don't have to go. And then they all literally sat there and they were like, no, we want to hear your story and we want to hear your words and we want to hear about you. And I couldn't even get it out because I didn't realize how much I was blocking my um, my emotional value Mm -hmm. that other people have for me. So it wasn't even the fact of like telling my story. It was the fact that I realized in that moment that I was putting it off on purpose. So I wouldn't have to emotionally break down myself because if I don't do that, then I don't have to, I don't have to consciously like realize that for myself. And it was wild. And then after that, I, they, they stopped and they listened and they, they cried with me and we talked and we broke things down and they all like after the, after the little session, each one of the people share like what they felt was uh, most important or like most impactful from what I said. And I did, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm actually being heard mm-hmm. for the first time for who Sarah is not for who the identity that I'm portraying to fit into whatever community I'm in at the moment. And right. I was like, wow, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. So I literally just had this conversation with my husband the other day. I, when I get into a stressful state of mind, I will hold all of it in until the stressful situation passes. And then I will explain later after the stressful situation is gone and I am no longer stressed why I was so stressed. Do you think that's because it's too, like you can't break down your feelings and emotions to like talk about it without like too much emotion to break it down? So do I think, think you're, do you think you're offending people by your stress that and I think I'm more afraid of disappointing someone disappointing them in, in what aspect because like I couldn't because, because I couldn't handle it myself because I oh, was unable to handle the situation like another question was do you have trouble asking for help a hundred percent like and this is why I'm afraid that if I have to ask for help that I'm disappointing you okay mm-hmm. which we know where that comes from mm-hmm Yeah. So uh, the reason there's several more questions on here. I'll I'll post some of these questions on in the notes underneath the show notes. Or we can even talk about it in the group page. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Because it helps you to understand just talking it out or even just writing it out with yourself or talking it out with a friend. This is going to help you to understand where your codependency lies and so these these 12 questions yeah so there's well so does it break it down there's 20 questions in this one oh wow Mm -hmm. got it so that's part of the reason why i liked this one was because going over these questions helps us to understand codependency a little bit more because like what we said earlier codependency is the chronic neglect of yourself in order to feel loved or chosen so if i am hiding my true feelings at the time and i'm not communicating the fact that i'm stressed in this moment i'm making sure that i number one i'm not disappointing someone else but i'm also trying to make sure that i'm not or um stressing somebody else out yeah you know and i think that's that's kind of where we're like codependency 
trying to figure that out. Yeah. For me, I think it's more of the emotional burden aspect. Like, Mm -hmm. because my family went through a very traumatic event and it was no one's fault. But when I would try to voice myself or voice how I felt, it brought the trauma up for everybody else so strongly that I couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. And then I had to go in defense mode and help them. Right. And then so I started going to some counselors and stuff and then they would like it was weird. I've just had like the worst luck with counselors. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's me because I'm the common denominator here. But but it just got to the point where it was like, "Eh, no, it's fine. I don't need to talk about it. I'll just figure it out myself. I'll just bury it deep down. Mm -hmm. Now I have these like onion layers that are like right. Yeah. And I'm I'm just we're just going to be totally honest, authentic here with you guys. Uh, I am, as I've said before, deconstructing. And so a lot, I, I do believe that a lot of my issues come from my experience in the church. Um, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of uh, being told that you're not worthy if you sin. Uh, and, I the constant state of failure. The constant state of failure because we all sin constantly. We make mistakes. And I'm tired of calling it sin because it's a mistake. We learn from the mistake. We That's like the whole point of us being here. Right. We fail forward. <laughs> right. Um, and so I am deconstructing. And so a lot of this that's coming up, I realize that I am codependent because of organized religion. And I'm not shaming anybody if that's where you are, but that's where a lot of my shame came from. Yeah. Um, so codependent thinking is distorted, obviously, and unhelpful. Because if I were to communicate the way that I'm feeling to you or to my husband or to my parents, they're not thinking what I'm thinking in my head. Obviously, they're going to want to jump in and help me or they're yeah. going to want to provide the support that I need. And if you don't have don't that, the root, holler so you're saying at us. like they don't know the root of where it stems from and that's why they won't answer the way that you need. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying that my thinking is distorted and unhelpful. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. So, got it. Because you've been emotionally affected in this way, so it's not technically like logical. So if people are looking from the outside in, they're mm-hmm. going to be like, "Well, that's simple. Just do this." And it's like no, my thinking is altered because I've been through this. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. Yeah. And if we are, I, I don't remember if we talked about it in the podcast or if we talked about it in the chakra course, but the pineal gland, and I believe I'm saying that the right way, but I, I could not be the P-I-N-E-A-L gland. I say, I say um, pineal okay. and it was a chakra course. Okay. So that is very much responsible for absorbing positive affirmations but it also has the ability to absorb the negative as well so that's why it's so important for us to use positive affirmations to help replace these codependent thoughts because we're retraining our brain we're retraining this pineal gland to tell us that we are not wrong that we're not unworthy that we are capable of amazing things and that our our past doesn't have to control our future i think about the think about the growth and development you have in those formative years from when you're little Mm -hmm. it's just like if you learn a new language when you're little you'll be more prone to learn a 
more languages when you're older because you built that pathway, like you paved right. that road when you were little. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you are forming something like that in your developmental years, mine happened during my pubescent years, mm-hmm. right? When I was going through puberty. Mm-hmm. So like when I went through like, I was going through my own identity crisis and then I had a major traumatic event happen on top of my like natural identity crisis. Right. And so that's Hormones, why I think, all the rest of that. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so when you try to break that stuff down, like it's going to take forever mm-hmm. and it's going to take like multiple, multiple, multiple times of learning and figuring it out. But like what you're saying is when you can break down where it's coming from, it makes it a little bit easier. Not saying it's going to fix it and not saying it's going to make it as easy as like learning crystals or learning yoga, but you can break down and just keep enhancing your, you can keep leveling up on your healing. Yeah. And our codependency is where our people pleasing tendencies come from. Like we are, and truthfully, I've, I've read this before that being an empath is also a trauma response. <laughs> so Wait, what? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, wow. Let's, let's think through all the empaths we know. <laughs> that's actually really interesting. I know a lot. But I wonder, okay, uh, that's going to get kind of woo-woo, so I'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> but we, so codependents have a tendency not to ask for what they need. And it's often because we don't know what we want oh, man. or we need. That's me. Mm-hmm. They're like, why are you sad? I don't know. How can I help you? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that's the answer in that coaching class. Um, that was one of the things too, is I defaulted to saying, I don't know so much that um, Whitney and everybody else in the group, they were like, when you say you don't know, that means you do know, you just don't want to hurt our feelings. So whatever that sentence that's underneath the, I don't know, say that. And I was like, but I can't, that's offensive <laughs> or like, that's going to hurt you. Not like offensive and like, right. Whatever, right, 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 but like right. that's going to hurt your feelings mm-hmm. or that's going to hurt somebody. And they were like, no, say it. This is a safe space. And so when I started saying that, I found my voice and I was like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. So, cause I, cause I immediately just like, nope, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then, Cause sometimes you will be having that conversation with someone and you do know mm-hmm. the answer, like your gut knows, mm-hmm. but then you're like, this will really hurt them as a person. So I can't say, so I'm going to, once again, hold my feelings back because sometimes when you're emotional in that sense, which you say this all the time, truth is truth without tact is honesty without tact is cruelty. That's it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you, you don't know, like if you're in an emotional state, like sometimes I can say stuff that's real mean and I didn't mean it that way. I just don't know what other way to get it out. Right. So it's like, I don't want to hurt their feelings. So I'm just not going to say it. I'll say, ah, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these codependent behaviors and feelings we just talked about, they're uh, vastly false beliefs that we've developed over time and they seem so natural to us because we've been thinking this way for decades and decades and decades and we are unconsciously reinforcing these beliefs so when I started therapy a lot of what my therapist was saying was every time you have one of these beliefs I need you to fact check it fact check it like are you really unworthy like is that really a thing is can someone be unworthy of love is that possible Or like, how do you measure it? Like, how do you, right. How do you measure that? Yeah. Uh, So 
starting to work on codependent beliefs. We cannot control other people, but we can control our reactions. So like what you were just saying, honesty without tact is cruelty. You don't have to say it in a way that is hurtful, but instead trying to find a way to say it in a way that so that not everyone ends up frustrated and resentful. Yeah. Which can be hard, especially when you're in your reactive mind. I've been there like I have had a fight with a family member before and I have said something and then I go home and I'm like that wasn't nice that was real bad like why did you do that but I'm like I was reactive and she was reactive and I neither one of us had to react that way but when you're in the heat of it then you become frustrated and you become resentful and then we it changes your entire relationship dynamic yeah so when we start to change our reactions, I mean, I've had people tell me I in my 20s, I was a very reactive human being. I would get frustrated very easily. I was not I wasn't a yeller. I've never been a yeller, but I was somebody that would kind of stab you real quick. If you like if you said something and I've had family members tell me, wow, you have drastically changed. Significantly, but I mean, therapy this whole process being able to talk it out getting older getting older calming down yeah uh it's healthy to have my own ideas feelings interests goals and values you don't have to think and feel like everyone else does you are not an extension of your parents. You're not an extension of your spouse. You are your own. I have said, I say this to people all the time because talking about my kids, I don't own my children. My children are not my property. They are their own individual people. And should they grow up and decide to be a grocer at the grocery store and bag groceries, I don't care. I don't have expectations in terms of what they do for their life as long as they are happy and healthy and they are decent people. And I don't know if that's right or wrong, truthfully. That's just how my husband and I view it. Yeah, because and I think this will be really interesting, like to watch the generational growth. Right. Because when we look back and see how our parents were treated compared to like their upbringing and then how our parents raised us and then us raising a new generation Mm -hmm. like I'm interested to see how the trauma level is but what sucks about right now is I feel like there's so much different trauma Mm, like with social media and with just everything going on in the world Mm -hmm. yeah COVID so it's like there really is never going to be a lack of trauma. It's just different. It's like there's trauma from the outside world versus like the trauma from within my immediate family. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We're all responsible for managing our own lives. It is not your job to fix another person. It is not our job to solve anyone else's problems. So if somebody calls and wants you to do something and you are not in the mental space to do it or your gut just says no, you have every right to say no and not provide an excuse. Yeah. So I had a situation like that come up and I said, I was like, Katie, is this one of those situations where I don't have to answer because of my boundaries? And she was like, yeah, 
Yes. Uh-huh. No is a complete sentence. <laughs> no. Like, if you period. say so. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And actually, it's impossible for us to change another human being. <laughs> that only leaves us frustrated. So yep. when we instead focus on managing our own problems, taking accountability, recognizing that we are not powerless, we are not victims to our life. Instead, we have the ability to say, yeah, that happened. And it sucks that that happened. And I'm sorry that that happened. But now I'm taking accountability for all of it. And I'm changing it. Yeah. Um, taking care of yourself should not come at the expense of your own well-being. So again, that's the same thing. Say no if you have to say no. Yeah. Even if you're in the wrong mindset. With your friends, Sarah and I do this all the time. Are you in the headspace for me to have this conversation with you? I need to unload. Are you, are you in the right headspace for that? Because I would like to, to vent. And sometimes you say yes. And sometimes you're like, I, don't, I can't, I can't add something else right now. Yeah. Or I'll be like, let me finish this. And then I'll call you when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. And some people will be like, what? Are you kidding me? I need to, I need help right now. And you're like, no. <laughs> like, right. And it's, it's like, it's like having the relationship with someone to set boundaries and they respect those boundaries. Like you can have boundaries, but some people won't respect those boundaries. So you have to like stay firm with it and factual and confident. Mm-hmm. This one's really hard. This one. And I know this one was hard for, for both of us. Uh, my self-worth isn't based on my accomplishments or the amount of money that I have. Yeah. Or the fact that I didn't finish college or like, obviously that's part of accomplishments, but my worth as a person is there because Not I'm based a person on monetary value. Right. It's because I'm a person period. The end period. The end. <laughs> um, doing what's right for me is not selfish. A lot of us with codependent tendencies think that doing what's right for us, whether it's spending holidays away from family or, this, this gives an example of refusing to loan money to a friend who never repays them is selfish. Doing things for others when it's detrimental to your own well-being, I like what this says, is being a doormat, not selfish. Don't be a doormat. Don't be a doormat. <laughs> My friend does make these really cute doormats, though. She's not... <laughs> She's an acquaintance. I've never actually met her, but I just call everyone my friend. Yeah, I do that to everybody. I'm like, oh, my friend. Yeah. My friend. They're like, how do you know her? I've actually never met her. I just know her on social media. She's just my Facebook friend. She's just my Facebook friend. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. Number 11. Giving unsolicited advice is usually counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Which is true because I always ask people, if they want advice, like if I'm at work and we're talking, I'll be like, uh, I'll be like, do you just want me to listen or I have mm-hmm. some ideas that I can that I can give to you if you think you want to listen about it. And sometimes people just want to talk, which is 100 percent fine. Yeah, because I don't when I give advice to somebody, that's my energy. And so now I'm like now I know people enough to where it's like, no, I'm I don't know this person very well. I'm not going to give them my because when I'm giving you like if I'm really breaking down an issue and I'm like thinking about the trauma responses and how I can help 
guide you in a certain way or the resources I can give to you for you to help yourself. Like that's a, that's a piece of my heart space that I'm giving you. Right. And if you, and if I feel like you're not, which this sounds bad, but if I don't know you and I don't know if you're worthy enough for that energy, then I'm not going to share it. But if I'm close to you and it's, I'm like, Hey, why don't you check out this book or, Oh, wow. We talk about this or in Thomas's podcast, like we talk about that. Like you can kind of do that. But when you're sitting there trying to like break down how to fix someone's issues, like it's probably going to go a little un, not respected. I don't know what the word is. Unreceived, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Um, you don't have to be perfect to be lovable, which we've already talked about that. But yeah, I don't even know what perfect means. Perfection isn't the key to being loved. Your accomplishments are not the key to being loved. The amount of money that you have is not the key to being loved. You deserve love because you're a human being and every human being deserves love regardless of background or accomplishments or non-accomplishments or anything else. Yeah. The right people will love you and it's okay that you're not everyone's cup of tea. That one's hard for me. Because I want everybody to like me. (laughs) And I already know there's many that don't. But it's still one of those things where I'm like, but why don't you? But I just know that sometimes just energies don't mesh. Yeah. Which, yeah, I. It is hard, but now it's kind of like, eh, whatever. We don't align. And the other thing is maybe you just don't align with them right now. Yeah. Because there have been people that I've aligned with and then we've kind of gone our separate journeys Mm -hmm. And then we come back, but we come back as different people in different times. And it's weird. Right. But it's like, wow, when I met you then, our like energetic flow would not have been productive for each other. Mm -hmm. But now where you're at and where I'm at, I mean, just like us, like we've known each other for like 30, (laughs) 30 years. Yeah. (laughs) And think of how long it took for our energies to connect. Yeah. How they have mm-hmm. literally took 25 years to yeah. get to that point. Yeah. And we could have probably started or been hanging out a few times. And then we just neither, neither one of us were even probably had any of this on our radar. Cause my journey didn't start until 2019, mm-hmm. like late fall. And then it took me about three months to even process what was going on. And that was definitely a journey I had to do on my own. And the right. other, I've, I've talked about this a little bit, the other girls that we all kind of started our journey at the same time, we were very selective on what we, like what aspects of our journey we went on, which was really cool because we were able to kind of come together, talk about the things we had learned, talk about what we thought. It was very open dialogue. We are like, I just learned about this. What do you think about this? And it was like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't really, that doesn't really flow with me, but if that's what's good for you, then that's great. And we were all, it was very open dialogue and very trial and error. And it's like, oh, let me look, let me tell you the, what I believe because of this. And then they would say, oh, I understand. That's still probably not for me, but I can appreciate where that comes from. This is more of what I believe. And so we were there for each other to bounce ideas off of and that was like the, our, our soul growth. And we were all talking like every single day, all of us. And and now we're to the point where we don't, we don't need those like baby steps. But mm-hmm. I know that I could always call back on those people and they would be there for me. I'm like, I'm in like an existential crisis mentally. Like, 
can you help me break this down? Because those are like the people that I started my journey with. Then once you and I got together, it was like different aspect of it because this is a new form of healing for me because we go back through all of these topics from when we were on our journey and we break it down in a different way because we're looking at it almost like an outside in. Yeah. So now we are our own people that are helping ourselves and helping newly formed like ideas for new people. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really cool concept. Yeah. But three years ago, we wouldn't have been in this space to do this at all. No. Or even just any of any of this, like the podcast, the book club, like both of our lives meshed into this like same space where we have the flexibility and the ability to do this. And right. just, um, yeah, just really grateful. Yeah, me too. All right. Cool. I love it. We'll post the questions so that you can break them down. If you're a journaler, go for it. If you're not, just read the questions and see how you feel about it. Um, or just go through what we were list- like when we listed the questions and pause it and just think on it. And then proceed with the podcast. It's even as simple as that. Yeah. And if you guys are following us on Facebook, uh, we have our regular group for the Love of Two Hippies podcast. We also have a page now for the Love of Two Hippies. That might be reversed. I really have no idea. I don't know what it's called. But anyway. The group one has the podcast okay. name, I think. Yeah, because that's it the says private podcast group. group in it. Okay. Yeah, it says it's podcast group. Okay. So, so we also have a page. So if you guys want to go in there and vote we are voting for our february book club we got three choices so head over there check it out let us know what you think um maybe we'll probably post it on instagram too just to see i I already did okay cool perfect for the love of two hippies on instagram and then if you haven't yet check us out on patreon patreon.com backslash for the love of two hippies and until next time yeah And the business page is kind of weird, but that's a good place that you can share stuff publicly and because the group is private. So that's why we, that's why we made the business page. You can't like really create your own posts on there like you can in the group, but that's a space where you can share it to the outside world um, and raise awareness there because we want to keep our group private because that's selective that we let people in. Mm -hmm. So we want to keep a safe space there. And then the, the business page is the more broad example of, this is what we do, trying to collect new humans to be in our club. <laughs> that sounded like a cult. That was really culty. We're Sorry about that. starting a cult. <laughs> We've already was, talked about it. You're all yeah, we were. Ta- I was like, what if we're in a cult and we just don't know? That would be me. Like, I tell people that all the time. I'm two bus stops away from joining a cult because I told Katie, that sounds really, really simple. But if I'm at a bus stop, that's problem one, because I've never been even near a bus stop. So that like that would take a lot of you to get to the bus stop, but that's just like the ongoing joke at work. Like we ah, have no, digressed. <laughs> Jeremy, you can cut this out if you want. But nope, he's gonna leave it. <laughs> we also have the buy me a coffee. We have mm-hmm. oh, I forgot about that book club Patreon going on. We're really excited. If you are still considering the shocker course, we are still in the intro week. So next week is when we will introduce the root chakra, correct? Yeah. Yep. So you're not behind at all. We have the survey. We're going over. We have the opening meditation this week. And then we have the deep dive of the survey. And so you're not behind if you're still considering joining. And then for the book club, we are finishing Atomic Habits right now. 
and we will be starting our next book in February. So yeah, so lots go of vote. things going. <laughs> go vote. I said go, go vote. Go, go vote. vote. She's like giving me the weirdest look right now. Anyway, like, friends, thank you so much like for listening. <laughs> go vote, man. Go vote. Bernie Sanders. Go vote. Um, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. If you like this podcast, share it with others. Give us a like on social media. Come check us out on our pages. And we love you. And until next time. Don't worry, boop, 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 boop. Be hippie. <laughs>